The following programming may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Listen Up Talk Radio. Welcome to realestatetorontoradio.com, the weekly show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area and sometimes beyond with Aura Ross of the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Group. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Welcome back to realestatetorontoradio.com. I am Todd Miller sitting across from Aura Ross. Good Fall, I would say good fall. Yeah, we're not officially there, but I know. You know, we all tend to feel that once the kids go back to school and and uh, the pools close and the X is over, it's fall, right? It's fall. We go, yeah, I know. It's the weather's true. leading us there. It's true. It's yeah. true. I'm still wearing sandals, though, but I think that those days are coming to an end. I see you're wearing your summer colors, as always. As always. Yeah, that's me in my brightest black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Todd, it's... I, it's so good to see you again because we've missed each other for a few weeks. It's been a while. It's been a little while. And, and so to our listeners, we're really anxious to get everybody caught up on what's happening in the Toronto market. Um, you're probably wondering what's going on way out here in Toronto now that you've moved way, way out of town. Yeah. yeah <laughs> not quite Coburg, but no, out that way. No. Yeah. You're still part of the GTA. No. And I did drive around today before I, I got here. Did you and, recognize? And I recognize some things, but again, the diversity of the neighborhood is really striking me. Again, you have the, the tiny little bungalow still. You have these Cape Cods that have been sort yeah. of shoehorned in and you have the monster homes. Monster homes. And now yeah. we're seeing a lot of modern too. Have you noticed the architecture is changing? Absolutely. Seeing a lot of the, the square homes with the flat roofs, which which is interesting, really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are we going to talk about on today's show? Let's tell well, everybody and then go take a quick break. You know how we always like to get everyone caught up on the average prices, how much our increases are, that sort of thing. I also want to talk about a few things we're seeing, though, that aren't making, that isn't making it to the newspapers, and, and chances are realtors aren't talking about it. Um, however, we are seeing uh, people sell their home and, and the buyers aren't closing. Mm. And I want to make sure that we have that conversation today because there's a few things we can you know, share with our, our listeners so that that doesn't happen to them. And, you know, similar things, what's going on in the multiple offers, everything's going multiple offer. Well, we've got some insights for people there as well. And Toronto has a new, uh, a new crown, which we'll touch on very briefly in the, in the world of real estate. And it's taking someone else's crown and we'll talk a little bit about that. They're starting to. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. Stay tuned. You're listening to realestatetorontoradio.com. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property might be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. So it's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals like the Mulholland Ross team. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Keller Williams Referred Real Estate Team at 416-230-8500 or visit realestatetorontoradio.com. Whether you're making your first move or your 21st, the Mulholland Ross team offers over 30 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. 
Tune in Sundays at 4 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio or Tuesdays and Fridays on Voices Radio, CKAV, to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Welcome back to realestatetorontoradio.com. Todd Miller hanging with Aura Ross at the Mulholland Ross team in lovely downtown North York. That's right, in the heart of the city, as we like to refer to ourselves. Didn't Mel call it the city with heart? That's right. Yes. That, oh, Makes sense. Thank you. Yes, thank thanks, you. Mel. Yeah. We're going to pull that one back. Yes. City with heart. So for anybody who um, has paid any attention this summer, and let's face it, the weather was so nice. So if you weren't buying or selling real estate, maybe you didn't even want to pay attention. Mm-hmm. However, it was hard to avoid anything with regards to real estate and what this market's been doing. So year over year, the average price is up over 18%. Right. Well, you don't seem that shocked, Todd. I was expecting you to like fall off your chair, be like, "No way!" That's I think incredible. I've, I've sort of, I guess, been accustomed to it. I know. You know, you're getting acclimatized, to, acclimated to these wild, constant rises. You know what? That you just segued into the perfect conversation because my co- my conversation with myself in the in my car this morning, because I'm sure you guys don't do this, uh-huh. but I have conversations with myself in my car. Um, and it's how quickly things become normal. How quickly something that is strange becomes normal. And so like what just happened right there, I said 18%, you didn't even bat an eye. Well, and you just said, well, I'm kind of used to it. And it's like, it's become normal. It has because the last time we were talking, it was 12 to 14. Yeah. So from 14 to 18, it's 4%. Okay. Eh, eh, well, whatever. Whatever, yeah. between friends. So the wild part to that is, uh, you know, if we were to even see from here to next year a more what is what we're typically used to a four percent increase, mm-hmm. my concern is the perception in the marketplace as people will think the market's crashing, even though it's still going up. It's just not going up at the same pace. So they would interpret it as a slowdown, but more than a slowdown, maybe a dark sign. A dark sign. Okay. So you know, hopefully, on this show, we'll keep people focused on all the what's really going on but yeah so we've seen an 18 percent increase but this is what you're gonna love you're gonna love this especially okay the 905 area code is just killing it right across the board in every respect so in the 905 area code and i'm talking about august numbers just because we're in september and september's not finished yet a detached home in the 905 area went up 23.3 percent 23.3% year over year. Now that, to me, you're getting to almost a quarter of something. That's, That's big. Yeah. The semi-detached, we're talking 905, right? The semi-detached up over 20%. The townhouse up 18%. And the condos, condos, everybody says, ah, the condo Who's, market. Who wants a condo? Who wants a condo? They're crashing. There's too many of them. Up 9.2%. Still healthy growth there. Yeah. Now, here's this is just wild. 905 beats 416 in every corner, except the condo market, the Toronto condos are up 9.8%. Now, we, again, like going back two years ago, that's what our detached homes were doing, around 10%, Mm -hmm. and the condos were sitting at about two. Our condos are now at almost 10. That's insane. So that is, I mean, it's a good sign. It's starting to, I'm sure for people out there, starting to help them understand that no, they didn't have not overbuilt condos in the city of Toronto. There was some fears there for a while that maybe we had a glut in, in inventory. I, you know, we had a condo on the market 
about three weeks ago, um, within four days, we had something like 18 showings and it sold. Wow. Yeah, just there, there is a demand for a good size condo. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, other kind of interesting little tidbits are that the actual days on the market. So in 2015, average time on the market was 23 days to sell a home. Today we're at 18. Hmm. Now for people out there who are listening, you're probably thinking, no way, everything in my, in my neighborhood sells overnight. Right. Because the perception really is that they sell overnight, but we are sitting at an average of 18 days. The, the frightening part is that um, should a seller be on the market for maybe two weeks, the perception is that it's been on the market a long time. And, and so there's something wrong. There's with something it. wrong with the house. So as a realtor who comes from, who originally got licensed in the late eighties when the average time in the market was over 60 days. I mean, we had long-term relationships with our clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, anything under 30 is, is a seller's still market. Good. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge. So, um, thought that was pretty interesting stuff for us. Any questions on that, Todd? No questions right now, but uh, I'm sure you've got another hot topic for us. Well, you know what's also, you know, in the past, I've kind of liked to share with people where are the most sales happening? And the most sales are actually happening in in the detached home, the most sales are still, now we're talking GTA, right? Okay, now you're talking area or are you talking money range? M well. Money range. Okay. The most sales financially are still happening between that 500 and 900 range. So there is a myth there that you can't get anything for less than a million now, but this is in fact false. You can find it. It is find false. It. This oh, is where the most activity is Can I happening. tell you, it, it is frustrating when people feel they can't buy anything in Toronto under a million. Um, you know one of my big, biggest pet peeve conversations is, and, and I have kids in their 20s, so I get this. But when I hear people saying, my kids will never be able to buy a house in the city of Toronto, my kids will never be able to afford real estate, I get frustrated because my first question back is, are your kids willing to do it with a partner, find a house that needs work in one of the not so greatest parts of our city? Because if we all look back to our first home, we did not walk into beautiful upscale neighborhoods. If we take a look at Willowdale, for example, mm -hmm. because we both know it so well, 30 years ago, there were not beautiful homes being built. In fact, it was a very tired community. We had lots of cars sinking in the driveways, if you recall. Yep. That's where we bought. Where our homes renovated with 50 pot lights and granite counters and two double flush toilets. I mean, I don't know about yours. Mine was raining in the front hallway when we bought it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and we worked room by room by room to paint. We didn't, we forget yeah. renovations. We no. were just painting and cleaning. Everything was cleaning first. And then you went back and looked at the slopey floors and the walls. We didn't even fix them because they were, we, I mean, we sanded them down, but the floor sloped. Did we have to straighten the house out and rip out all the oak and put down new engineered hardwood? No, we lived with it. Yeah. So that is, when I look at cost per cost, what I paid on a mortgage payment and what someone can pay today on a 650 dumpy little place, maybe off the beaten track, it's the same, yeah. same. It's making concessions. It's not getting your dream house the first time around. That's it. Yeah. And, and as parents, and I know I'm, I'm a parent now, um, I think we're doing a bit of a disservice to our 20 somethings by 
not suggesting they live a little rougher life. God forbid our child lives in a house that isn't clean. That's the the, the 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 you know things don't work so great. That the pipe that the pipes clank when the hot water goes on. We don't want our kids to live like that. So we instill this thing that no, you can't buy the dump. No, and that's the thing. The parents come on the showings, and sometimes you hear them probably more than I, I do. I hear them, and they show up going, they "I go, can't have you live like oh, this. Let oh, me give you Oh, this toilet is oh that yeah. paint color, this, that, and the next thing, and it's yeah. like the kid goes, "Oh, okay, I guess I can't live that's here." That's right. And then the parents, you know, often the suggestion is, let's get you out of town. Mm-hmm. Let's get you to Bolton, which is now a cheap neighborhood now, I might, I might tell you. But, you know, let's get you far away. And so I, I, I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's, not, it's, it's easy. And I know saving for that down payment is difficult. And I know family helps. But that has been the way it has been since the beginning of time. Yep. Some people can do it on their own. Many do lean to family. The question really is, is what are you willing to do and to get into that real estate market for your first home? Because if we all tell the world what we bought, people might understand, yeah, you started not, maybe not so perfect. Yep. And you worked your way up. So my pet peeve, I'm off the soapbox okay, now. Okay, good. There the you rent go. is over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you all need to take a break now, I understand. Um However, that is one of my pet peeves. Now, let's talk about, though, what's really important. What I'm seeing happening right now, it is a hot market. It's all we're hearing on the news. We've talked a little bit a few months ago about things that were happening in the market that we were hearing about happening in Vancouver, but it's happening in Toronto. So we were talking about how sellers selling their home should be very careful if they do not want their paper, their offer resold at a higher price without them. Mm. Meaning I, I buy your house, Todd, and I pay a million dollars for it. And before I even close it, I've sold that agreement to someone else for $100,000. And they're going to come and close it. Hmm. Now, that we saw it on the news through the summer that that was happening in Vancouver. And that's completely legal, is it? It's legal if, if there are clauses in the offer that allow for it. It is. It's, it's not an illegal thing. Hmm. Where they were having difficulties in Vancouver, sadly, was they were finding realtors doing it and, and maybe not being completely honest with the sellers as far as what the value of their homes were happening in Toronto as well. So, you know one more little soapbox and that is if somebody comes to your door with an offer make a call whether it be to us the Mulholland Ross group we are here to answer your questions call a realtor that you know like and trust and ask them straight out is this okay call your lawyer have them look at the paperwork I mean, we offer a service where we'll come in and actually negotiate that contract and make sure it closes. So let me let me clarify that. You don't have to be involved with all the uh, previous paperwork. I negotiate with my buyer the price and the conditions, and you come in and say, let me look at this, and I pay you to do that. Well, yes, but I would prefer you don't negotiate no. anything with anybody. You yep. let that paper come into you. You bring us in, and now we become your your voice. Okay. And we help you make sure those terms and conditions are corrected. Because if better. you've done it first, it's hard for us to come in and sometimes dig us out of change. the hole. Yeah, exactly. But um, getting you to closing is key. So that's one other little thing that I'd like to touch on when we come back from break. Okay. Um, yeah. Because if you do sell your house, you often do make plans with that money that you have coming in. And we want to make sure that 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 can follow through, that the money shows up and you can continue with your life. Absolutely. And before we we cut out to break, I just want to ask you, so the switching buyers, that would not happen if you were involved from step one, would it necessarily? Um, 
it, if you didn't want it to happen, yeah, we'd make sure there were clauses in there that wouldn't allow it to happen. Because that's the whole process. You're vetting your, your buyer. You're yes. looking at who they are and what they that's bring. That's right. It's not just the price. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. You're listening to realestatetorontoradio.com. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to realestatetorontoradio.com. Having an interesting, if not heated, discussion <laughs> about the current market and some of the uh, interesting things that are happening. And my little pet peeves. Well, or um, we're going to have a new segment called Aura's Corner. Or, we just yeah, get, and we're going to put Aura in a corner. We'll just get to rant for 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, so all we hear about, again, you know, and I don't want to bore everyone, is this crazy hot real estate market. However, in the last couple of months, um, and, and, and look at the average price in the Toronto board dropped in July and August. It always does. That's a pattern for as long as I've known. This year was one of the, it doesn't happen often, where the average price in August is actually higher than July. Hmm. So even though they're below springs, we had a July of 2000, uh, sorry, 7,011 as an average price. And by August, or sorry, July was 7,010. August was like 7,011. Okay. But the point really being more about that's the pattern. Our prices this summer went up. I can tell you that everything we sold in August, we sold for more than what we would have sold a client in March or April or May. So we are, it is still going up. Okay. Um, having said that, uh -oh. there's something out there that people might be noticing and they're noticing their neighbor's home come for market. They might see it on realtor.ca or maybe they've got visited our realestatetoronto.com and they see a house come up at 1.2 million. And they see a week go by, and then suddenly they see it come up at 1.3 million. And that is happening more and more and more. And that, are, that is sellers setting an offer date. You know, they think they're underpricing their house. They've set that offer date for a bidding war, and something's happening on that day for bidding war, and it's either, either nobody's showing up, or people are showing up, but they don't like the prices people are showing up at. Hmm. Or they're showing up and the price is okay, but whoever's got the best price doesn't have the terms that they want. Right. Which has, you know, does happen. But something's happened and now basically the pr that strategy has failed and now the seller is saying, okay, I'm stuck now in the market at 1.2. I, I don't want to sell at this price. I really now have to increase my price to 1.3 because I was what I really aiming wanted. for 1.270 or whatever. Yeah. So there's some apathy or some people are getting tired of playing the game. Is that what maybe well, it could be? I think, you know, I think that might be it. I think that in some cases we've got realtors who truly, and homeowners, sellers, who truly believe that all they need to to do really is get that sign on the lawn, get it on MLS and show up on offer date and they will show up. And you know, I've been telling you from day one, Todd, it's never like that. And there's so many calls and what I call massaging people to get them to the offer table. Um, what I'm thinking is maybe people through the summer got a little lazier at it, weren't massaging quite as hard. And the other pattern I'm noticing are sellers aren't listing as low as they used to be. So if you listed, if you were really expecting one, two fifty and you listed at 900, it's almost for sure you're going to get that bidding more. Okay. But if you're listed at one two and you're expecting one two fifty, it's not so much under the price it's going to necessarily cause a bidding more. 
it's going to look like a real bargain. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, you know, so people are mixing up their strategy, their pricing, expecting the bidding more. So that's, we're starting to see it. Now, again, I don't want people to get shocked. It's not that the prices are dropping. Some of the sale prices we're seeing at the end of the day are insane. Like, I don't even understand insane. They're high. Some of them just crazy. However, it's, I think that we are seeing a little bit of pullback from the buyers. I think that we've seen a couple properties come out right bang where they're expected to sell and they sell, you know, right around that price. Which so, is maybe a disappointment now. Yeah. For some people. Oh my gosh, I got, I got know, what five, I wanted. I got, I got way over the last sale, but it was 5,000 less than I asked for. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. It's funny. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I find that incredibly, um, I don't know, funny because you know, you got more than you asked for, but you were expecting the windfall. You were expecting the lottery ticket to come in yeah. and get a, a million yeah. more than you wanted or 500,000. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, yeah. So we'll come back to that because that's actually another topic too. Now the other piece, um, and I actually just did a video on it this morning. I'll be posting it today. I got three calls in the last week from home sellers whose sales did not close. These were not my sellers. I need you to know these were not Mahal and Ross sellers. These are sellers, though, in the in the central neighborhood of Willowdale, which is one of the fastest growing communities in Toronto. Which is, I mean, I live in it, I work it. It's one of the reasons why I talk about it so much. But it has, it is growing at a faster rate than many other neighborhoods. For example, much faster than our Mount Pleasant seat, like what we call C10, but our Mount Pleasant Young Lawrence. Wow! Like at a faster pace. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that more expensive homes just at a faster rate mm -hmm. it is happening so you know think about it we've got people buying in a bidding war they're being pushed on that night to pay their highest possible price no conditions no financing conditions the whole thing come come uh closing day they're not all showing up and this is my concern uh, all the time because I've worked a downward market where, where the market's actually falling and, and buyers don't want to show up and buy something that is now worth 20000 less than what they paid. Hmm. Right? I've worked the other side. So I know that in any market, though, we never take it lightly. Once that paper's signed, it's not like we all just you know go on and move on to the next one. We have to hold their hand right to closing. And um, those three calls last week actually shocked me a little bit because two of the properties in particular, I'm like, why wouldn't that buyer close? Today I can turn around and sell it for 200 more than what they paid. Hmm. That buyer, what would cause that buyer not to close? The property's gone up in value. 200,000. Mm -hmm. Part of it is, you know, I always come back to, and you know, I love my realtor community, but there's a lot of us out there that aren't that educated, that haven't been doing this a long time, and that are taking this way too lightly. You know, nothing scares me more is that an agent says to me, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Don't hmm. worry. It's fine. That frightens me. That is like, that's not the, if I say, hey, has your client been pre-approved? Hey, is your client able to get the financing? Even if this property doesn't appraise for what we're selling it for today, and I hear, don't worry about it, I'm going to ask, you know, five more questions. It's kind of dismissive in a way. Yeah. My, my video this morning was about, you know, the perception is you put a sign on the lawn and it's easy peasy to sell a house. It's a seller's market. Boy, us agents, we barely have to work. Yeah. You know, in fact, why even hire an agent? Just do it yourself. You're fine. I, this is not easy. It's never easy. 
it's it's always it's it's a tricky market to maneuver we have a lot of different players out there we have investors we have families which you know we don't see as many of but we have investors long-term short-term we have international buyers who often come and buy a place and then you they're, they're out of the country until closing day hmm and you know. what would they do after closing day? Move in or rent it out? Or? No, usually rent it out. Okay. Yeah, rent it out. Or they have family or something hmm. moving in. Yeah. So it's it's there's just so many moving parts, and we have so many different players now in the market that now more than ever you need to make sure, and you're selling for the highest possible prices, so people are nervous. We need to make sure these offers are sticky. And what I mean by that is that there is no way out. They are, they are rock-solid agreements that... If that buyer goes to their lawyer and says, find something to get me out, I want that buy that lawyer shaking their head going, I am sorry, I, I can't find a way. This is just too tight. And so these people that have walked away, they lost their deposits, and then the sellers have to go and relist it or put it back on the market. The sellers, if they're going to sell, they have to relist it. Remember, we talked in the past about it's not an automatic loss of deposit. It will be eventually, especially for some of these guys where the markets went up. Yeah. Um, and those, uh, or sorry, if the markets were to go down, where the where the prices go up, if those sellers resell the home and make a ton of money, it's actually hard for them to fight for, for that the deposit. first deposit. Okay. Good to know. Uh, you know, it's it's a little tough. I shouldn't say that. I've seen judges uh, favor in, uh, way in favor of the seller, even though they sold it for more money, just because they. You know, we can't just allow the disregard for the contract. We can't just say, fine, you know, don't worry about it. You're out because the other guy's fine anyway. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen both sides. But it's more than anything, it's a life... Ch- uh, could you imagine? You're selling your house. You've bought another house. Your financing's in place. Everything's good. And three days before closing, your lawyer calls and says, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you packed up. You changed and your you way And you have your work. obligation yeah, exactly. to your next guy. It's not like, hey, my guy didn't close, therefore I'm not closing you. Yeah. These are all firm transactions. So um, I'm a little nervous. I'm going to watch this closer. I'm going to reach out to some of my colleagues that work different areas of the GTA to see if they are also seeing any sort of patterns on this because... I'll tell you, these. even though we're still in an inclining market, these are little patterns I watch for. Little signs along the tell road. Me, tell me things might be changing. But hey, Todd, we've been talking about the rumblings for I don't know how many years, and it's rumbling up. It just keeps rumbling up. Yep, threats of rate hikes and everything else. Yep, yep. Um, I did want to touch briefly on, on Vancouver. It yeah. was it was Canada's hottest real estate market. Still is. Still is, but yeah. I, I hear rumblings that Toronto might supersede it and that's because of that tax, tax that they brought in. So I mean again, it will depend on how long this lasts because the average detached price in the city, the proper city of Vancouver, is over two million. We're at one point two. Yeah. Um so that would give have to, we would have to climb quite a bit and they'd have to fall or we would just have to climb or whatever. But what I do know from the local realtors, because again, I was reading these news and yes, sales are down and this price is down and down and down. Mm-hmm. Talk to the local guys and they will tell you, no, look at sales fail. I think the guy I spoke to said 3%. Okay. Now... He also acknowledged we're 3% down from August of 2015, was which was a record high. It was like 15% over 2014. So if you're down 3% in sales, it's not. Hmm. It's not a big deal. Pricing, he felt, was still on par, but there's no question they've pulled a bit of the heat out. Hmm. Um, 
you know, is everybody now on their way to Toronto? I picture groups of investors hiking across the country. We're coming to Toronto with our bags of gold on the back. The back. Great Canadian Railway coming across yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah, I kind of visualize. That's how the news portrayed it. They're all coming to Toronto. It's like, ooh, okay. Tour buses and everything else. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, you know, Toronto's just been on such an incredible trajectory anyway. To, if suddenly we saw even a further incline, like it actually was more than 23%, I'd be nervous. Yeah. You know me. I mean, I'm... I, I, you're not nervous. You're, you're. Um, well, I don't not know. conservative. What's the word? Realistic, I think, would be the way to look at it. Well, economists will say that in a market where you've seen three years in a row of double-digit increases, expect the drop, and they show pattern after pattern of it. Yeah. And we are three years of double-digit increases. Okay. I am not. I'm going to put this out there. I'm not expecting the drop. I'm really not. I am expecting a slowdown of the rate of increase. And okay. I was expecting it this year because I said this last year. Yep. <laughs> um, and I think I was hoping for it a little bit last year because I am nervous of those double-digit, constant double-digit increases. Okay. But I, I you heard it this, here. You've heard it here. Oh my gosh! There, there's going to be a minor correction. Um, no, just I be- don't. No, no, no. I didn't say minor correction. That was my word. Yeah, yeah. I didn't okay. say that. Um, just before we go to break, I want to touch yeah. on a couple of other things really quickly. So the American election having any impact on our uh, on our market at all? Uh, you know, I've asked a few newsies. I, you know, I've got newsies in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, it's 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 so hard to say, and I'm not an economist. I do have concern that if trade agreements are broken that it will affect our economy okay so if if an american politician gets elected who doesn't believe in open trade agreements um i think that can really affect um, our economy in a huge way look at canadian canada's economy is not doing so great right now anyway i mean our real estate market and what's happening in vancouver and toronto is defying everywhere else in our country so i think if I think if the trade thing were to change, change then it would affect okay. everyone. One last thing. Um, what I've been seeing in the 905, I don't know if it holds true here, is some listings where it says coming soon. Oh, we've all seen them, right? Really? Yeah. Are you seeing, even oh, even in here. Yeah. They, and they list them as coming soon to MLS, and then they sit there for three months. Yeah. And you're wondering, when is this going to be? Really good point. And, you know, about uh, at the beginning of this year and from last year, really, it's been a great strategy. In a hot market with things move quickly, to get your sign up a, like a week earlier so that people do catch it They're driving by and they do see it because there's nothing worse than getting the call from the guy who says oh my god I didn't see your sign and it's sold right yeah. so as a, from a realtor's point of view we've also used the strategy and it is just to get that word out prepare people because once we know it goes to market it happens quickly so you can just set your calendar to come look at it um, so that's great now when you tell me you see them out for longer periods of time and i have as well to me that is um that's actually killing it i i believe it's killing it because again the perception is everything sells quickly you see a sign on a long for for a long period of time it starts to get stale it hasn't even come to market it's already stale yeah now my only concern and i don't know which house you're talking about in particular of doing this my only concern of seeing that uh, sometimes on a property for a month or two. My concern is that as an agent, maybe just not even planning to go to market. Okay. And they're just trying to get those calls. Interesting. And maybe you'll see that coming soon sign come off and it'll instantly go sold. And if that happens, 
Mm. I may have speculated correctly. We shall find out. I will yeah. uh, I will keep my eye on that. We're going to take a short break and come back. You're listening to Mulholland and Ross, realestatetorontoradio.com. back to realestatetorontoradio.com. We're going to leave you with some final advice this week. Well, that is. you know, I, you know my, my one mandate for having this show taught is to make sure that our, our listeners, home buyers, sellers, investors, those that want to be, are, are educated and for, informed and are loaded up with questions to ask that realtor that, that they're going to hire. And, and so my advice is keep asking questions. And if people don't want to answer them or look you straight in the face and answer them. I mean, you've got a question if you're talking to the right person, the right, the right realtor. This, this, I mean, I always tell my sellers and my buyers, this process will be completely transparent to you. As we progress, you are going to see it unfold in front of you. There are no secrets. You're going to be aware of everything. Um, so I just, oh, you know, there's so much money at stake right now. Um, people's homes that were worth a million dollars three years ago, in some cases, are worth one six, one seven today. It's enabling people to retire at a far more comfortable level than they expected. We've, you know, this year we've put a million dollars in people's pockets that they were not planning to retire with. So that's important that is so important it should not be taken lightly ask the questions get the information make sure you're comfortable have a lawyer on your team you trust call the Mulholland and Ross group and I'll tell you if we don't feel we can service you we're going to tell you if we don't feel we, look at Todd you wanted to, to look into something we didn't feel we could service you in that area it was very far for mm-hmm. us we found you a realtor that could look after you because yep. that I can't, I, we can't be everything to everyone. And sadly, I think some realtors feel they need to be because they need the business. Um, and, and maybe they're not answering all your questions or doing all the things they could be to, to make sure that your transaction is putting the most money in your pocket or it's the best purchase for you. And one of the things I learned just in closing that um, what I learned from my transaction with you was um, you called the neighborhood, you had the neighbors come through yeah. and one of the neighbors uh, came through after closing, knocked on the door and said, what did you get? Oh, really? And she lived in that her house for 50 years. Yeah. And she just about fell over when she found out because she'd paid, I don't know, 25000 <laughs> for it back in 1956 or whatever. And she just could not believe how the market had changed. You know, for some of our long-term homeowners, it I almost cry at the table because they suddenly are in a position to help their kids, help their grandchildren, get into that Go nice on vacations, place, whatever. Yeah. Take them all on the Disney cruise. Um, you know, it just is amazing, but don't sell yourself short. Nope. Okay. okay. Well, we'll catch you right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. on realestatetorontoradio.com. Get in touch with us during the week if you have any questions or topics you'd like covered. Yep. What's the phone number? 416-230-8500. Make sure you are asking for the Mulholland Ross Group. Okay. And what about email? And email is best at aura at realestatetoronto.com. Excellent. Yep. Catch you right back here next week. Bye.